Welcome to the Ink to Film Podcast. I'm Luke. And I'm James. And here we are for something that is a little more casual than usual. Uh, we are touching in at episode 150 we just released for the old guard. And we realized we kind of didn't make a big deal about it at all. We, we had mentioned our three-year anniversary of the, year, uh, the episode before, but we didn't really um, say anything about episode 150. <laughs> so we thought now's a, a good time we can come in and, and talk a little bit about it because it is kind of a milestone. Yeah, and like like we said with the three-year milestone, we want to make it very clear to our listeners that without the support of just people listening, yep. Patreon, all of this stuff, we wouldn't we probably wouldn't be doing it anymore. Just not that we wouldn't yep. have the passion to do it. It would it's just like the the ability to do it. We probably wouldn't be uh recording it at least. We'd just be talking to each other off, <laughs> off of mic. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and maybe not making the commitment to do it as much as we're doing. Which like honestly like I, I was thinking about that today. We just we just recorded an episode on Pet Cemetery 2 for our Patreon. Um and the movies was wild and we we have a fun time talking about uh in, in all the many ways in which it is just a bonkers movie but i was just thinking about how it gets fun that we get to do this and get to have these conversations and that anyone's interested in it so yeah we definitely appreciate it and we feel you know humbled that people do it and um i, I recently tweeted about how we had a listener uh write in to say that we helped inspire them to start writing again which was you know it's just really cool it's really touching to know that that we're helping sort of like boost the net creativity in the world, which I think is a great thing, you know? Yeah, it's very humbling. I just, you know, like you said, we'd be having these conversations regardless, I think. And it just, you know, to get it out there and have people respond to it and not just like be, th- yeah. you know, sending it out to the void is it's it's <laughs> really humbling and, and it's really nice to know. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny because like recording it, though, does bring it to another level, right? Like it's, it's like we got to take it seriously. We got to we got to make sure we've thought it through you know, for the most part. And um, it, it adds a certain urgency to the conversation that we wouldn't be having off, you know, off air. So there, there's something really cool about recording them and, and and doing it the way we do it. Yeah, I think it forces us to try to be on our A game, which is nice. So in, in at episode 100, if, if you go check that out on the feed, basically, we like had a bunch of people write in, we had former guests uh, uh, record little segments for us. We talked about a lot of different stuff. Um, and we might and we probably will touch back in with a similar sort of um, episode at 200. I think it'd be cool to do that every 100 episodes or so. Um, and because that was a lot of fun. And it's definitely something I want to do. But this isn't like an official episode. This is just more of a casual touching base. And we put a poll up that uh, it's only been up for you know less than 24 hours. So <laughs> honestly, because we didn't plan this you know, in advance very well. Early indications are people were interested in us talking about our favorite projects, um, talking about things we've learned as like writers and filmmakers mm-hmm. um, from covering adaptations. And also just what we've learned about adaptations. Yeah, exactly. Like how our perception of adaptations, what we've learned about adaptations in general has changed over time. Through doing this podcast, and I definitely have opinions about all of yeah. that, so you know I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, I mean, let's. I think let's just jump into that first one because I think that had the most votes, which was what we've learned about adaptations. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this is a huge topic, right? Like adaptations. It's. I mean, I'm glad it's huge because we're continuing to <laughs> study it and 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 learn about it as we go. And I think there's a lot more for me to learn about it. And every adaptation I see is sort of another piece of like, oh, you can do an adaptation like this and you can, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you can focus on these sorts of things or you can, you know, you can reimagine in this way or you can be faithful in this way. And um, every data point I get 
sort of informs the way I feel about adaptations. But one of the things that has developed for me over time, for sure, is that there are two different camps of adaptations, not just in what is made, but also in like what people who read books um, and then see adaptations, what they want. Mm-hmm. And um, not to say there's no overlap, but the two camps are like faithful adaptations that bring the book to life and put it on screen and honor its theme and honor its message. And then there are adaptations that change that. And sometimes it goes wrong and sometimes it goes right. And sometimes you get great films that are adaptations, um, but have changed its theme and have changed something at its core and reimagined it in a way for film um, that maybe matches more what like the filmmaker was trying to get at. Um, and it's difficult to talk about adaptations with any sort of blanket statement because of those two different things. And it's like two different goals and two different expectations from the fan base of like what they want. So it's, it's really hard to navigate that. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on that? So, I mean, early on, I remember on the podcast saying, uh, that I, I think it was also from the perspective of someone who, would read books sometimes in anticipation of a movie coming out and then going to see the movie. My theory on it was basically like if if I if the filmmaker stays as close as they possibly can to the source material, more people will be happy with it. And I think the surface level way of looking at adaptation is that's probably correct. The people who are already invested are going to be more satisfied having seen everything that that was in the book. But over time my opinion my opinion is basically flipped uh, to the point that there are, there's no rule to it. I think that there are good and bad adaptations that follow and don't follow the source material. And um, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, a lot of my favorite adaptations deviate from the source material. And so what I've realized is when you get that blending, and it, I think it's like the pressure cooker of of making a film mixed with sort of the intensity of writing and getting something published, like those two things together when both artists are allowed to be as free and creative as they possibly can and are masters in their fields can can create these like iconic amazing films that are remembered forever and so like for for me it really has become if the filmmakers understand the material enough to play with it then people will i think in general be more surprised and more into some of the things but that's to say people who were who there are there is that segment like you said of people who will always go into an adaptation and say i can't believe they left this out i can't believe they left that out and um honestly like for me i don't mind scenes being left out as long as the 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 sort of either the the truth that the that the writer was trying to create within the story the sort of center of the story either it, it remains the same or the filmmaker did something innovative or um elevated the material in some way those are those are the two things that i think will lead you to uh a great adaptation is understanding of the material either way either understanding the material and being able to adapt it and do it very well or understanding the material in order to subvert and to um you know create a new yeah you know and that's such a good point because so often in adaptation discussions the artistic vision of the director is it always comes second to people, right? Like it's it's the if you're a book reader first, like all you care about is that book, and you're not not as into like what the filmmaker might have brought to it. Um, and and I think through covering this podcast, we 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 really value that, and we we look at that as you know something that should be celebrated. Um, and 
there's literally a video that just came out on YouTube. Um, Daniel Green, he does uh, book reviews and and he talks about other things, uh, mostly fantasy and sci-fi, some horror. And um, he today put out an episode about The Shining. And I think it's t- called like why The Shining is a great movie, but a bad adaptation. Mm hmm. And, you know, I had to click on right. that because <laughs> what we do, right? And um, I, it's a good video. You know, everybody should go out and watch it. He's definitely trying to, like, stir things up, get people to come click on it. And he admits that in the episode itself. Um, and he he says, like, oh, it's a great movie. I, you know, I'm not disputing that. But I think it's a bad adaptation. And he goes into, like, all these reasons why. And essentially, his argument is that it is unfaithful to the book, right? Like, here's all the reasons. what uh, Here's all the things the book did and why the book was great. And then here's all the ways in which Stanley Kubrick didn't do that, subverted it, changed it. And um, he, in his opinion, is not as good. Like, he does say, like, I don't think it's as good as the book. Wow. Um, and I respect that. You know what I mean? Like, I respect him taking that stand. Um, but I just, I don't know. Like, it, it was, to me, kind of a very um, specific view of what makes a good adaptation. And I kept coming back to, like, I can see that. But on the other hand... The Shining is a is a brilliant adaptation, in my opinion. You know what I mean? And it's not because it's faithful. It's because it is iconic film and horror history that was made from an iconic book and horror history. And both exist. And both are different. And I know it feels like I'm, like, not choosing a side when I say that. But, like, I think it's great that there's this movie out there that is very different. And, and it's very much a Kubrick film. You know what I mean? In a way that, that Stephen King's book is not. He didn't, Kubrick didn't come in and say, I'm going to make a faithful adaptation of The Shining. That was never his goal. If he had wanted to do that, it would have been a very different movie. And in my opinion, it probably wouldn't have stood the test of time because I think that book works better as a book. Yeah. In my opinion. Anyway, so I'm not trying to like, no hate on Daniel Green. I think he's great and you should subscribe to his channel. But um, I I just, I don't know. I had a lot of opinions after watching that video and and I think it ties into what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that he's aware of what he's saying. And I think he knows that I think yeah. bad gets clicks. Um, so I think that like saying yeah. it's a bad adaptation is that instead, like what, what's the title if you don't say bad adaptation, you know, the title would be exactly, like, yeah. you know, let's talk about the shining, which is kind of what we do. <laughs> I think he realizes that it's not a, if it was a bad adaptation, I think the representation of a bad adaptation would be a bad film. So it's just, it's, right. that's in, and it's really where you draw the line. That's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So the next, what was the next topic? We uh, we have our favorite projects, and we have how it has affected us as writers and filmmakers. Yeah. Uh, do you, which one do you want to go to first? Uh, let's do the filmmaker slash writer one, because I think okay. this kind of goes yeah. a little bit hand in hand with what we were just talking about. So, so yeah, I'm really curious to to hear what you got to say about yeah. this. Yeah, um, what I've realized watching watching all of these movies for the podcast is the consistency of a good movie to me in my research and the kinds of filmmakers that make them is always in preparation. And I have talked about this on the podcast a little bit about sort of like how preparation can create something amazing. And um, a lot of people will be like, oh, but you need to be artistic and loosey goosey on set. And like that I do agree with, but sort of what it's taught me as a filmmaker, like an aspiring filmmaker, when I go to direct next, I absolutely will be, um, taking that to heart because a lot of a lot of filmmakers have talked about that and just me seeing the the result the end result and seeing sort of people's process i know that i'm the type of filmmaker that's going to storyboard that's going to i want to visualize i want to know what's what's going to happen before i get there on the day to the point that you can prepare and have like you can do the work on the day but sort of 
have everything in order, all your ducks in a row. And just knowing, like, like I've said, I think understanding the materials, like, like I was talking about with adaptation is, is imperative because even if you wrote it, you need to understand the, you need to be ready for any question that anyone could ever ask. And you need to understand your world and your characters to that extent. Um, and again, that, that, I think that just comes down to preparation. So for me, it's really just been the galvanizing of an idea of preparation is what I'll, what I'll take from all these other filmmakers that have come before me and sort of, uh, that's what I'll, that's what I'll be using. I think most that I've learned so far. Yeah. I like that. Um, you also do, um, you are on set, I mean, not much lately with COVID, but you are on sets, you know, doing cam ops and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're doing things like that. And I'm wondering, have you ever thought of the podcast while doing even that kind of stuff? Like, do you ever think about how something's going to look and think about something we've talked about? I mean, yeah, definitely. You can't, you can't avoid sort of your creative thoughts, like always being, you know, at the forefront of your mind. So like something that I talk Mm -hmm. about on the podcast, if there's like a particular shot that I like or a particular style or something like that, um, particular style of lighting, things like that. Um, you know, a a lot of people don't want input on sets because it's sort of very, um, it's, it's a hierarchy, but I have been fortunate enough to work with people that would love any input. Like they're the kind of people that are like, if you see something, say something and let's make the best thing we possibly can. So, you know, there's definitely been situations where I've just been like sort of pulling from my knowledge of like things that I've seen, things that I like, and then I'll reference something and say like maybe something like this. And, you know, that's always going to be uh, an opportunity that, that can arise on set for sure. That's cool. Uh, so for me, from the writing side, it's it's difficult to quantify, but I know that the effect of this podcast has been massive on my writing. Reading broadly is always something that I've heard as an advice like you should do as a writer. But truly reading broadly for this podcast, I think, is, has really helped me. So it helped me in sort of determining, like, first off, all the different kinds of books that are out there that can that are that can be written. And I don't know that there are more that, that we haven't gotten into, but we've we've covered a pretty good range at this point, I think, it's safe to say. Mm-hmm. And then determining from that what it is I like about them has been very valuable to me. Like, what do I like about this genre of story? What do I like about this kind of writing? What do I like about this mode of storytelling? And then you take all of that with you and you put it all in your sort of subconscious when you sit down to write. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm writing a sci-fi novel now. Um, I'm, I'm kind of in the process of revising. It's, a, it's a kind of like on its, I don't know, third, fourth draft. And I also write short fiction on the side. And, I, and in my short fiction, I dabble in different genres. And definitely doing this podcast has affected that. It's, it's shown me what's possible. It's shown me, you know, what, what kind of storytelling I enjoy. And, and that has changed so much from when we started. Whereas when we started, I think I was very set in like, I like this kind of story. You know, I was much more sort of regimented and like, I thought I'd figured it all out. I thought I'd like, yeah, I've read enough. I know I like this. Mm-hmm. And, and since doing this, like I, it's opened me to all kinds of other types of stories that can be told and other things that interest me. Um, so in that, in that sense, I think I, I want to think I'm a more versatile writer and, um, that I have a bigger well of things to draw on. Um, you still have to filter in your, your own experience through that. But I think, um, anytime you can sort of, uh, broaden your horizons as far as like what's possible with art and with writing is good because you're going to have more tools. You're going to have, uh, just a larger scope of things that you know are possible and um, when you sit down to write, I think that's always going to be an improvement 
Um, so for me, like it's 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 been like a all encompassing. I think it, it has really helped me in a lot of ways. And that's why I view this podcast going hand in hand with my sort of artistic journey as I'm continuing to grow as an artist and as a writer. Um, I think this podcast has been like a huge piece of that, especially now that I'm not in an MFA anymore. and I'm not otherwise studying writing like this has been a great way to continue to feel like my my goal of learning and growing and, and um, exploring uh, in fiction is has, is ongoing and will continue to be ongoing, hopefully, as long as I'm doing this. Yeah, I, I also love the idea of the podcast being sort of a... I love the like I've seen it in you like the, like your cinematic knowledge like your your like all that kind of stuff is is always going to come into a, to play in your writing I'm assuming as well too you know what I mean like yeah. as you've learned from film it might inform some of your writing in the same way that I coming into the podcast didn't think of myself as a writer in any way and now it's a goal of mine to start you know to to start like really focusing on like writing my own material to get to then direct and then to, you know, to create my own art entirely. Yeah. Whereas before I didn't, I wasn't confident enough to say that. If, if I may, observation for me is that I feel like you, you were very um, into the like process of making a film. And I think doing this, the podcast has made you focus more on like the story behind it. Yeah. You know, like the developing the characters and like really really tying into like the story behind before you ever get on set to film something right. like what needs to be in place, I think is, is something that feels like you're, you're more dialed into now. I totally agree with that. I mean, I, uh, that's what I mean. Just like, uh, I, I don't think I, I don't think, you know, I can look at my short films from college and that kind of stuff and just know that I wasn't putting in the sort of like story based character buildings, like the way that I was thinking of the world and that kind of stuff in the way that I would now, you know, so like given the opportunity in the future, I guarantee it'll, it'll change yeah. the way I like approach a story. Well, you know, knock on wood, good luck to both of yeah. us. I hope we can do a lot more of this as, uh, as COVID begins to lessen its grip on all of us. Hopefully we can get back to it and, you know, I'm still writing, but you know, obviously you can't be out there shooting films right now. It's, uh, it's not really happening. Um, so hopefully we can get back to it. Um, this did kind of rattle something, a thought loose I wanted to do, just touching back in on adaptation real quick. Um, I was looking at, I was trying to figure out, like, why do we use the word adaptation um, to describe this? And it's like, well, clearly it's about transformation, right? And I saw um, this definition, actually. I'll just read it. This is a biological process, uh, according to Merriam-Webster. It's one of the many definitions, but I think it's very similar. And I think it's interesting to think about. So here it is. Adaptation. Modification of an organism or its parts to make it more fit for existence under the conditions of its environment. And I, I think that is kind of what this is getting at, because you're taking a story and you're modifying it to to a, to fit its new environment, which is its new medium. Right. Right. Um, so it, I think that is what it's talking about. And I, I just think it's always important to remember that there is a fundamental change happening when you shift medium to medium. And in the process of that change, you're modifying and you're adjusting something. It will never be the same. It, you know, even a really faithful adaptation like we saw with The Silence of the Lambs, it's going to be different and it has to be by definition. And we should embrace that. We should welcome it, um, in my opinion, as moviegoers. I, I love um, that. I so that's why I'll never be someone who is like so set in my ways with like something has to be so faithful. Like yeah. I think you're you're sort of missing part of the process when you do that. I mean, definitely. I, I think really that's what the podcast is, is cooked out of all of the stories and everything that we've covered is that it is it is 
you have to fit the medium. Like it could be a yep. perfect adaptation in every way and be a boring movie. You know what I mean? And be mm-hmm. not visually interesting or not economic with the story. You know what I mean? Economic with the time that you have with a movie and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've never heard that definition. So I'm glad that you read that. Cause honestly, like I'll come back okay. to that and think about that a lot. Also real quick, uh, shout out to Chris C for, for suggesting that filmmaker writer, uh, topic right there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. That was a great, great one. I, I'm glad we got to touch on that. Um, so the last thing we wanted to touch in on was our favorite projects. Um, now we've in the past we've talked about favorite adaptations. We've talked about the difference in the different kinds of adaptations, but this one is favorite projects. So in this one we are sort of encompassing the book and the film, and then not just that, also our coverage of it, um, which isn't something we've really done Mm -hmm. and is also something that is very different difficult to do it's like trying to choose your favorite child i mean it feels very difficult it's also like you you (laughs) feel a sort of like recency bias in here too because like there's things that we covered more recently that were a lot of fun but like you thinking back like is there something that you liked more covering two and a half years ago you know well and then there's also like a reverse recency bias for me sometimes where i'll i'll undervalue something that we might have just covered because it's like oh that's just because it's fresh Whereas like a year from now, I actually might look back at it and go like, man, that was right. really something special. And I, I mean, and just to drop like probably the ultimate nostalgia bomb for the podcast is like clearly one of our favorite projects is always going to be it because it was the first thing we covered yeah. and the way that we covered it. Yeah. And it's just like I almost had to disqualify it from this yeah. <laughs> because it's the first one. So it's going to have a weight that none of the others can match right. in a way, yeah. you know. And for the same reason, I think Blade Runner, um, because it was our first time going away from horror, it was like we had we had spent all this time doing horror for six straight episodes to start the podcast off. And then all of a sudden we went into sci-fi right. and it was like really fresh and different. And, you know, for every genre, the first time we touched there, we did that with Howl's Moving Castle. It was the first time we covered fantasy mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, this is big and different. Um, yeah. So I don't know. There's always something there, too, that, that it's going to be hard to replicate. And also the, another thing to take into account is just like the conversations that projects pull out of us too like i specifically remember like blade runner being a a, like a sort of moment for that like going into sci-fi the first time philip k dick one of my favorite movies uh with the original blade runner and then we got this amazing new movie and like i just remember that so fondly because all everything was hitting on every cylinder and we had i think it pulled a great conversation out of us and that's something that that in favorite project like how much enjoyment we had i think the conversation and the end product that we put out too is gonna play some play some effect in there yeah, absolutely, man. And then one final factor that we have to mention, we've had so many great guests on for this podcast. And I have loved every guest conversation we've had truly yeah. throughout this entire podcast. And so when I start thinking about like, am I <laughs> am I like pitting one guest against an, one another? And is that affecting the way I chose it? And like, that gets really messy. So I kind of had to like ignore that mm-hmm. and, and um, focus more on like, just my experience and um, my what it pulled out of me kind of what you said and the project itself and like the combination of all those things and I kind of couldn't couldn't engage with like whether or not we had a guest and like who that guest was because that completely skewed things because I've just we've had so many great yeah it feels weird we we would just be listing guests that we had and how awesome all of our guests have been so so yeah I I agree I tried to I tried to sort of just like boil it down to like my personal enjoyment and sort of how it all shook out yeah, uh, for the the ones I ended up, I, I ended up choosing three. Mm-hmm. By the way, um, and all three of the, and I, honestly, they're not. I'm not going to say they were runner ups, and and, and it, I, they're all equal in my okay. eyes. Um, and there could have been more. Um, and 
two out of three of the projects did have a guest on, but the the guest being there wasn't because they were like the best guest. They were they were among the best. They're all the best. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, that is just it's more about the other reasons. Anyway, let's continue. Yeah. Um, did you did you pick several picked, or do you? Yeah, how many I picked do you many. Have? There's no like one favorite for me. Um, I picked a yeah. few that were recent. Can you narrow it down to three? You think if we wanted to maybe back go back well, and forth. Well, this is what I have. I have three recent, which I can narrow down to like one or two maybe, and then I have three sort of all timers. And like I, I had it on the list. I had Blade Runner on the list uh, that I've already taken off. There's like three others that I feel like are all yeah. No, I, you're, you know, you're actually you're kind of right. I could I could easily do that as well. So let's go through them quickly okay. then. So if we're doing six, I don't want to spend that much. You okay. know, we just have to rattle them cool, off. Cool. Yeah. Let's go with the the like all time ones, just because I feel like there's like to to kind of understand what we're saying. Like if you've heard the episodes, you know why. If you are curious, go listen to those because they're probably just massive yeah. projects for us. Um. So for me, fellowship. When we covered fellowship, that's always going to be an all timer for me. It's a it's like a classic mm-hmm. story for me um it's everybody loves tolkien's world everything like that but just to get to yeah. jump into it for the first time in the, in the time period that we did it um and the movie yeah. peter jackson's movies and everything i think that's obvious yeah it's funny because for me i i kind of rolled that all into our lord of the rings coverage which we we recently finished right. with return of the king and i said like all of those together is kind of one big project yeah. for i mean i would agree with now. that yeah. i look back at all of yeah. them and i agree those i mean that's a lot of episodes we i think we did 12 episodes on it um and they were it was great it was definitely uh one of my favorite projects we've done for sure right. uh another one that i think both of us like clearly loved was children of men uh that's just an all-timer for me the the movie is like you know you said it's one of your favorite movies of all time it's definitely one of my favorite movies of all time it's just it's and then the act of reading the book that it was based on sort of going backwards because we had we had see, both seen the movie uh, was really interesting and then just re- reaffirming like how amazing of a filmmaker Alfonso Cuaron is and how like absolutely yeah. amazing that movie is yeah it's cool to touch back in on him with uh, Prisoner of Azkaban too yep. um yeah that was actually one of my one of my three um it was it's a big one for me and for the reasons you say and then also I think politically it we're covering it at a time in which we did where there was I mean there still is this ongoing anti-immigration um administration in our country and literally children in cages and all this stuff happening on the borders and then you we we covered this story that like was dealing with all of that head on Mm -hmm. um and and so many other things like it was just like so many big ideas so many philosophical discussions and i felt like covering that with you was just like it was so much fun but also just like so it was very serious and it it, it enabled me to really dig deep and, and and try and understand my own feelings on a lot of this stuff and um for so for me that's always going to be a highlight project that we've covered yeah children it was it's such a human story and then it's also like in other ways like it seems otherworldly like it feels like sort of like like a myth at this point you know it feels like something that's that important so yeah it was just yeah like you said covering it was was just a a ton of fun in kind of a sombering way (laughs) yeah um Okay, I'll go with another one. Um, and this one this one really stands out to me. And I don't think it's because we just covered the sequel, but uh, Pet Cemetery. Um, I think it's because I was able to really get into some of the ways in which uh, Stephen King means a lot to me because of my mother and how much she loved Stephen King. Mm. And I was able to talk about that on one of the episodes in there and then revisit sort of like uh, dealing with loss. And she's passed away. So... It, it, 
I think that's it was a profound project for me for that reason. Um, the movie, I, you know, we had a great time talking about it with uh, Sarah, but I think the reason more is for those book episodes. Yeah. I think that's the reason I really value that that project um, as far as like within our catalog of things we've covered. Right. I mean, and it's sort of pure, pure Stephen King. It's like that and The yeah. Shining. And that's a very personal right. reason for me. Um, I, I mean, I agree. That was a fun one to do. Uh, um, having covered a few Stephen King going into that, I think we were sort of like becoming Stephen King. Like we were starting to fill out the world of Stephen King and like sort of his writing style and everything. And then just yeah. to just to go to something that I was like, of course, Stephen King, King of Horror, all this stuff. He's he's always been around. And to be surprised by a novel that was sort of what I was expecting, but like you know even more so. Um, and mm-hmm. and you know like you said, deep. It's got it's got a very solid core. So another one for me is always going to be something that we talked about earlier, The Shining. Um, yeah, it's it's inescapable. That, that it's list. inescapable. Yeah. Um, Stephen King, we just talked about, um, but then you add on Stanley Kubrick, one of the most legendary filmmakers of all time, uh, innovative, highly influential person, um, and just like the the myth around the story, all the conspiracy theories, <laughs> the drama yeah, around it. It's just that was such a fun project to dig into. It's a reason you know people are still putting out videos today about right. it, right? Like it's it's endlessly interesting to look at through the lens of adaptation and what it means to be a good adaptation. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's one that I value. I stand by our our coverage of it. Um, our episodes on on the book do well on YouTube, so um, definitely a cool project and, and one I definitely highly value. All right, I only got one more that I think I'm going to touch on. How many? You I got just left? have like I have three more, but I'm just going to give like the these are like recency bias ones that I, that I don't want to say all are all timers yet, but um yeah, because mine actually isn't that re- recent, okay. so I, I do want to hear some. Okay, more so ones. some recent ones that I've just found the coverage to be again p- conversations that were pulled out. What was in the material? How mm-hmm. how deep we we could go? Arrival was is definitely on that list. Yeah, um, great. So I mean, Ted Chang is just so brilliant, and I'm glad that we got to cover him. And he is someone who I my well of respect for that man is just yeah. is just like limitless now. And I I mean I'll I'll hear a quote he he'll drop on a on a panel or something, and I'll just be like, my God, that's something I want to like write down and remember forever. Yeah. Um, and it'll just be something he'll throw out offhand. And he, he's so he's so amazing. Yeah, and then you get Denny Villeneuve, who I respect completely exactly. in every way. <laughs> and then you add those two together, and you just get this this amazing project. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, very recently, we did uh, Princess Bride, which I just found personally yeah. to be a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun. It, it was so recent. I almost couldn't right. do it because of that, though. It was like, oh, we just did it's that. It's so, so recent. I can't touch that. It's too it's fresh. It's so recent. But the reason I <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because I said in our coverage, I like the book more than the movie, which I never expected. And that. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine saying that when you before you went to no. it? Like, hey, you're, gonna, you're actually going to like this book more. No, than the movie. I would have said no. You know, I'd be like, you're incorrect, but I, it's it's true. Yeah. It's and so like just the that that was such and, a fun and, and I'll even say like, don't get us wrong. James loves that yeah. movie. I also really Absolutely. love it. Um, but it's one of his favorite movies. And that that did not change. It's just that you really, really like the movie. Or sorry, you really, really like. Yeah, the book. definitely. Um, and then another one. Partially, I mean, just the whole project was a lot of fun, but then we also had a bonus episode and there was other stuff that went on. But Watchmen, um, the the yeah. act of reading the comic that I had read before, but didn't, you know, I've, like I said in the episodes, I didn't feel like I was able to connect with it at, at the young age that I read it at and like being an adult now and like knowing knowing the things that I know. And then we get an adaptation uh, by Zack Snyder, which is, which is like, you know, divisive. And then beyond that, yeah. we get... 
uh, the the HBO show by Lindelof that was right, just, which we did a bonus episode, and then on. Lindelof yeah. just absolutely took everything that Watchmen could be, and then also elevated that, and it's just like unbelievable project. It's great. Yeah, such a cool project. I mean, Daryl Gregory, we have to shout yeah. him out, came on for that and was such a great guest and, and was able to ed- ed- educate yeah. us, honestly, on Watchmen in, in, in a lot of ways. Comic history and sort of like putting it in its place and how important it is and all that. Yeah, great one. Absolutely, man. Okay, I'm going to hit you with mine. Uh, this is an all-timer for me and one I'll always think of and, and, and cherish in our, in our coverage, um, and that's Annihilation. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the reasons it's an all-timer for me is because... I loved the book. I loved the film for different reasons. It was a transformative adaptation, much like we talked about with The Shining. Um, it's a divisive project. I know a lot of people don't agree. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people don't like the book. A lot of people don't like the movie. People who are fans of one might not like the other. But for me, I liked both yeah. for different reasons. I thought they were great. It was a new book for me. I'd never read before, so it's always fun when I get to discover something in the process of covering it. Um, and it. It is a there's sort of a cosmic thing going on in that book that I I just love personally in, in fiction. And it's like um, talking about some of the like profound ways that like biology and um, life in general is unknowable. And um, and it, it can be so horrific, but also beautiful. And the way those things come together um, is just brilliant. And then, yeah, Jeff Vandermeer's um, novels the way they were written, I really enjoyed. Like I loved the the way it played with us and, and made us feel like we were reading someone's notebook who had who had experienced mm-hmm. all of this and that their mind was being lost on the page as we read it. Um, I just thought it was so cool, such a great idea, um, and it's just it's something I'll always look back on. And then Remy uh, Nakamura came on again. He he was on for The Shining and he was on for for that coverage of the film. Um, and I just love talking with him about it. Um, he's he's been a great guest for yeah. us. Definitely. Uh, really one of the projects that like solidified, like I knew I liked weird stuff, but like that solidified for me that like I seek it out. You know what I mean? That's that I yeah. want unique. I want weird. I want to be, uh, you know, su- surprised, obviously, but like I want to I want to go to places that I couldn't have imagined. Um, and I think like yeah. that's that, that the story like that, like you say, like playing with like how brutal life can be and how like 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 you said, down to like the cellular level and then also to sort mm-hmm. of like what it means to be human and what it means for us as like a, like a sort of society that we've created and like how, you know, biology created something like that. And, and yeah, it's just it's yeah. got a lot in there. Yeah. Reminding it kind of reminds you that you are a biological being you know, among other biological beings, right? And at the same time makes you feel like we're on the we're on the top of the food chain and also like infinitesimal. Like we're also just like so unimportant in the grand scheme and all of yeah. that. So Yeah. Love it. Um all right, you have any others? Have you t- have we talked about that, all that's of them it for me. Point? That's so that's all the ones that okay, I was gonna cool. bring up. So, you know, I know it sounds like we just kind of listed everything. I, there are many more projects. Um, and when I was looking through our catalog, I was like, ooh, but this one, ooh, but this one. I kept wanting to, like, talk about everything. Everything has a great, you know, all of them have had great moments that stand out to me. Um, every time I, I, I love that they're all recorded because I can go back and listen to them and revisit yeah. those moments. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool thing that that um, that this has been able to do for us. Um and I'm, I'm excited to go forward and just continue to build on this catalog and build on the things that we've covered and continue to uh, grow and learn, like we've talked about, um, as as artists ourselves. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I love that we get to do this. 
Thank you guys all so much for listening. Um, we know we figured out what we are now as a podcast. I think it's we've settled in. We we are a niche podcast, but we, you know we are happy to have the listeners we have, and um, you know we always hope that we can continue to grow that um, as much as possible. Um, while you know knowing that we're never going to be uh, the next Joe Rogan or something <laughs> that we would ever want to be. <laughs> yeah. Not that we would ever want to be. That's a weird name to throw out, but that's the one that came to my head. He's a he's he's a popular podcaster. That's the only reason I thought of it. Basically, basically the the large the largest yeah. listenership right now. So, I get yeah. why you went there, but funny funny place to go for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm just looking forward to learning. I, I I'm gonna continue. I'm never gonna think that I know. Like if I, I'm never gonna go into any situation thinking that I know everything about adaptation. Whereas like earlier on in the podcast, I felt like we really had a hold on it. And like yeah. we know a lot, but I want to continue to learn. It's and, funny and, how like, that works, right? Like the more you learn about things, the more you realize what you don't know. It's true. Uh, it really is true. That's just true in life. You think you know a lot about something, but then when you really dig into it, you're like, "Holy shit, I don't know anything about it." I think that's there's a certain phenomenon. I'm yeah. drawing a blank on the name of that, but yeah, mm-hmm. there, that is a, that is a thing that has been observed. Yeah, where people who uh, really smart people tend to realize that they don't know everything. And people who are maybe not as smart tend to think they know a lot. Um, and that is also true in, in microcosm when it comes to just like subjects, like yeah. thinking you know a lot about a subject and then realizing you really don't. Absolutely. Anyway, we've uh, we've we've I think we've hit the end here. Um, oh, we did also want to say there is a lot of just um, really dark stuff happening in the world. Um, Jacob Blake's shooting, uh, being paralyzed. I mean, I'm really glad that he didn't die. I'm really happy to hear that, but he was paralyzed, was shot seven times in the back by the police in Kenosha. Um, it's horrific. And, Mm -hmm. um, all the things that have happened since then. And, you know, that's just one of many instances of police brutality, um, specifically against black people in this country. And we just wanted to say that, um, our heart breaks for it, uh, for him and for, and for everybody involved and that, um, it is important as important as it ever been to vote to vote for Joe Biden and to defeat Donald Trump and to defeat white supremacy as much as possible um, in the White House um, and sort of change where this country is headed. And we hope all of you have checked your registration and that you have made a plan to vote. I think it's going to be very important to do it early and to do it um, as safely as you can. And um, we really hope that you know, this isn't something we will have to continue to talk about on the podcast because like we're not that's not what this podcast is. We talk about adaptations, but I feel compelled. It's it's our it's our whole lives right now. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's all consuming. And like if you're ignoring it, then you're the problem. So it's just one of those things that like has to absolutely has to end. It, It can't continue. Yeah. So we encourage you to to give money if you can, whether that's to Black Lives Matter as a as a cause or local charities or any other, you know, um, legal funds that that are that are fighting this. Um, there's so many valuable and great things out there that you could give money to, and we encourage you to do it because it does help. And um, you know, there are people out there fighting the good fight, and we wanna we wanna encourage um, whatever you know, whoever we can, whatever we can do to help. We wanna we wanna do it. Yep, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, absolutely, uh, always. And uh, you know, just because we <laughs> might not mention it on every episode. Uh, doesn't mean that we don't support it and we believe it and uh, we want to continue to do what we can. Um, but that all that being said, um, this is an episode where we're sort of celebrating 150 episodes of Ink to Film. And um, on that note, we, we do want to thank you all for joining us and for sticking with us. And we hope that you stick around for the future because we have a lot of fun things coming up that we're going to be covering. Um, I know our next episode I'm excited for is going to be on Screamers, which is a movie that um i saw once but i barely remember so uh we're going to be getting back into that it's brand new for you philip k dick adaptation once again 
Should be a lot of fun. We hope you stick around for that. And until next time. Thanks for listening.